0: بسم الله بسم الله الرحمن Yana, Sayyidina, the سيدنا We are in Surah Al-Ahzab, Surah number 33. Ayah number 45, 44, sorry. Ayah 44. أعوذ الله من الشيطان العجيم. بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم. تحييتهم يوم يلقونه السلام. وعد لهم ajran kareema. As part of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sending blessings, salutations, His special rahmah upon the believers, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, that his salutation and his greeting them on the day that he meets them or they meet him will be through the words and the code peace that as uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allows people to enter Jannah there will be nothing except this word and this greeting Salamun rabbir rahim In this ayah is the word salam In general Salam and as-salam As-salam is one of Allah's names So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Will appropriate the effects of his name onto the people of Jannah When they meet him So the ultimate, the eternal One who is all Peace will grant peace to those who enter his darus salam, the abode of peace. That is on the day of judgment. So the effect of Allah sending blessings, salutations upon believers in this world is that he removes them from zulumat, darknesses and ignorances into light. And into blessings. And keeps them away from sin. And from distortions of the deen. And from filth. And everything else. The effect of salutations. On people on the day of judgment. Will be that Allah allows them to enter Jannah. So Allah's sending salutations upon believers is. Uh, well, Permanent. So is there. Right? It doesn't stop. It's continuous. Allah continuously sends his salat, his blessings upon believers. In this world, the effect of that is that they're removed from ignorances and darknesses and they walk in nur, in light. And the effect of that in the grave Is that they're saved and protected from any punishment of the grave. And they're allowed to answer the questions of the grave very efficiently and quickly. And the effect of that as they are resurrected. Allah gives them shade underneath his throne. And the effect of that in Jannah will be that Allah will say salam to them. Eternally and forever. So it's perpetual. It is not that Allah sends blessings upon a believer here once and that's it. No, it is perpetual. So this I am showing you the longevity of Allah's salawat and blessings upon all believers that this will be transferred and it will continue on the day of judgment the day that they meet him. When uh, Allah has prepared believers to meet him on the day of judgment it will be that uh, he has removed all the forms of ignorances and darknesses from them in this world and then also from the world of the graves and so on Wa ajran kareema, and Allah has prepared for them a very noble and honorable reward kareem. Noble and honorable, which is Jannah. So here, what we see is the emphasis on Allah's preparing Jannah for believers. When you are having a grand wedding, or you are going to receive a guest, you prepare, and what, where, and who do you prepare for? The guest. where do you prepare the venue? So, Allah is saying, Allah is preparing the venue where you are going to meet him. He is preparing this. He has already prepared. This. He is the architect, the designer, and everything else that goes along with any preparation for a venue. Now, it is Allah. And if Allah is the maker, creator of this grand universe as we know it, then you can imagine his creativity and the beauty with which he's going to prepare Jannah for people whom he has favored. So the, the emphasis here is to appreciate that Allah is the one who is going to prepare Jannah. He's already prepared Jannah. And we should believe in him and ask him for permission to enter Jannah When you have a grand palace and a grand palace opening somewhere, or you have a building or house or house warming uh, reception or whatever festivities you have after you've built your mashallah magnificent beautiful house and everything's uh, lined up and everything's arranged and the decor is there and the food is there. So, Allah is asking us as believers to use our imagination to conceive of how he's going to prepare our reception on the day of judgment which shows that he is noble and he is honorable ajran karima a noble reward an honorable reward one of Allah's names is al Karîm, the honorable and the noble and the generous so with that eternal nobility and generosity and honor Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is, is now encouraging believers, look forward towards that moment when your eyes are on Jannah. And when our eyes fall on the gates of Jannah, inshallah, Allah make us that way, we will not leave the doors and the gates of Jannah for 40 years will stand there mesmerized with the decor and the detail and the grandeur and the beauty and everything else that goes along with Allah's decorating the gates of Jannah. That's 40 years in front of the gate. Kareem. Noble. Generous. So, Allah is saying that when you believe in the Eternal, He's going to give you reward according to who He is. And how he is. And that is the greatest incentive for believers as you'll see. Inshallah if we get there today. In the coming ayat. Anyway. Ya ayyuhal nabiyu inna arsulnaaka shahida wa mubashira wa nadheera. Wa da'yan ilallahi Allahi bi wa munira. are already here in this ayat. The one I just spoke of. Mm -hmm. O Nabi. Ya Ayyuhal Nabi. O Nabi. O Prophet. Indeed, we have sent you as a witness. And we have sent you as a bearer of glad tidings. Bashir. And also as a warner. And we have also sent you as a Inviter, a caller to God, to Allah with his permission, with his leave. And we have also sent you as a luminous beacon, as a light and a shining light, which illuminates others and illuminates the path of others and the minds of others and the actions of others and everything else that comes along with guidance. This is an ayah of the highest praise for the Prophet. People have written books on this ayah, on these ayat, and people, when they talk about this ayah, they'll spend at least four or five hours explaining the beauty of this ayah. Anyway, we don't have four or five hours, but we'll see what we can do. Yeah. First of all, in the interest of uh, as I mentioned two weeks ago, that Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala does not address Muhammad Sallallahu wa sallam, as Ya Muhammad. Mm-hmm. Out of honor and dignity and respect for the Prophet Sallallahu wa sallam, Allah doesn't mention Ya Muhammad or oh Muhammad. Mm-hmm. He doesn't do that. Mm-hmm. That will be dishonorable. Yeah, that will be not very noble. So here he addresses the Prophet as Ya Nabi, and that's how the surah starts also. The surah starts with Ya'ay Nabi and here again Allah subhanahu wa mentions Ya ayyuhan Nabi O oh, Nabi meaning that you are so dear and precious to us it is as if you are the only Nabi. And in aqidah, it is the truth. Every other Prophet came. As a branch of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa His nabuwa is the original nabuwa. His prophethood is the original prophethood. In eternal, in the eternal knowledge of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Every other prophet came as a result of his prophethood. Because he is khatimun nabiyyin. He is the seal of all prophets. So, here Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is addressing the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa and informing the ummah that this is who we believe this person is. He is a nabi. He is the one who has come to warn you and to inform you. Because the word nabi includes this meaning. You understand the etymology of the word nabi. It can mean one of two things. One is preferred, the other is not preferred. It could be from the word nabua. If it's from the uh, latter, that means someone who is perched on a high ground and he can see everything in front of him so that he can warn people of this danger and that danger. And that will be the meaning of the word Nadir, the warner which is coming up in the eye. Um, so anyway, so the Prophet ﷺ is perched high on the mountain of Nabuwa and the mountain of Wahim where he can see everything. He sees what's going to happen to people when they die and on the Day of Judgment because Allah has informed him of all of those details. So, O oh Nabi, I want you to inform others of this reality also. What is that? that indeed, we have sent you as a witness. Every phenomenon, every account of any story needs a witness an eyewitness. How do you know this? This person said this to me, or this happened here, or this will happen. So you need to know uh, where your source is, who is your source. So in matters of uh, time and eternity, in matters of what's going to happen to people on the day of judgment and after they die, you are eyewitness, you are witness to our informing you that we have informed you that this is going to happen so you stand here in this world as a witness to testify that Allah has shown me this Allah has informed me of this that's the witnessing of a Nabi and the witnessing of a Nabi is the greatest witness that and the greatest testimony that we must all believe in if we do not testify that Muhammad is the Rasul of Allah, we are not Muslim. We testify to the testimony of the Rasul as part of our Iman, as part of our Iqidah, part of our Islam. So here, Allah is saying to the Nabi, inform people that we have sent you as a witness to our Lordship, to our Divinity. And to whatever news and information we give you. As a Nabi. Let people know. That you are the first witness. And following the Prophet's witnessing. We witness. As a result of believing in him as a Nabi. So if there is proof. Conclusive proof. This is what Allah said. And this is what Allah wanted the Prophet ﷺ to say. We must bear witness that that is true and correct. If we do not, then we are not believers. If we disagree with whatever issue there is to disagree with, that is one thing. If we say that this is not true, that's a different thing. You cannot deny nor reject anything that the Prophet ﷺ came to deliver as a Nabi That's the meaning of this ayah. That Allah chose the Prophet ﷺ to be his witness on earth and then on the Day of Judgment also. We must testify to that. So if he said this, then is it true? Do we understand it? Maybe. Maybe not. Do we like it? Maybe. Maybe not. Do we like the idea that there will be angels in the grave asking us these questions? No, I don't look forward to it. Do we believe in it? Yes. So because we don't like something doesn't mean you say it's not true, right? There's a, there's a, a person who's running for presidency. Do we like him? But is he running for presidency? Do we like it? No. Is it true that he is a candidate? Likewise, on the other side, do we know that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is a nabi? Testify to them. He said, yes. Do some people like it? No. Muslims like it because that's part of the Iman. That's part of the Aqirah. If they don't like the Prophet sallallahu being an nabi, they're not Muslim. Hear it. You must have that level of love for the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa also to show that you love this person whom Allah has appointed. So there we see, Inna Arsalna, we have sent you, we have appointed you. This is by divine instruction and uh, commission that Allah chose this one person to be His witness for people on earth and on the day of judgment. Also, this is the greatest honor uh, that any human being has received from Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. And on the day of judgment, everybody. Including all the other prophets will testify that Muhammad is Rasulullah, as is borne out by many Hadith, Hadith of Shafar, intercession, etc. Will show you that this is how Allah Subhanahu wa Taala will raise the ranks of the prophets. Sallallahu alaihi wasallam. You know, Adhan. We also say, so with the Tawheed of Allah, we also say Muhammad Rasulullah so that we witness his witnessing. wa And also as a giver of glad tidings, the bearer of good news, So a bearer of good news is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants people to understand and appreciate that, that Allah appreciates their efforts and their iman uh, for which they will be rewarded. That's good news for those who are skeptics and those who are deniers and those who don't want to believe that religion has any impact on their lives whatsoever. So there's good news. The good news comes first for believers that if you believe in Allah and the Prophet ﷺ, he came to you as someone who's bringing you good news. There's good news for you too. So when you hear something on the news or on the internet or somebody phones you with good news you are happy. You rejoice. You don't frown. And you don't belittle it. Somebody gives you good news that this person has had a baby. You don't frown. And you say, no big deal. You say, subhanAllah, allahu akbar alhamdulillah, mashaAllah congratulations so when a Nabi gives you good news who is going to give you the item and the reward for which the good news is being given Allah so when the Nabi of Allah says if you do this Allah will give you Jannah then you must show your happiness you must feel it and you must become it. It's not, saying, oh yeah, I know this one. No, you don't know. You don't know diddly squad. Because if you did, you'd be happy. Just as well, there's good news that your son or daughter is getting married. Or there's good news that you have a baby. Or there's good news that your son or daughter they have a baby. Bashar, Bushra. Right. When Yusuf was lowered into, or thrown into the, the well. And the travelers came. And they picked him up in the pail, in the bucket. They said, Bush bushra. They said, bushra, good news. So they were happy. It's good news. So, good news means to the believer. That when I read in the Quran. Or in the hadith. That if you do this, Allah will give you this reward. Then you you don't say casually, no big deal. Which is what we all do. So the Prophet ﷺ said, When you read in the Qur'an that this will give you Jannah and a good reward, then you must show your happiness and you must rejoice. Likewise in any hadith, when there is reward mentioned, you are motivated. So now, the question in the minds of these people who are so-called technocrats and, or you know, pseudo-scientific, that uh, Allah, He has already created Jannah, and so why does He need to go through all of this? Right? Why is He given us good news, and why do we need to be rewarded for our deeds? We're not bribing God. That's a lack of Iman basically. Not Adab. You don't have faith. Period. So, when you're on there on the day of judgment you, hopefully you want to be somewhere after Allah has said okay now, uh, judgment has been pronounced in your favor. Where would you like to be? In one place. That's called Jannah. And out of your Adab and your honor for Allah and the Rasul You want to request that you are invited. So the Prophet when he is a Bashir what's he doing? He is inviting you to join him where? In Jannah. And when somebody gives you an invitation you don't throw it in the trash. You don't discard it and delete it from your files and on your computer. You open it, rejoice and you say I accept I'm happy with the invitation. So likewise with Islam today, Muslims must open up the invitation of the Prophet ﷺ every day and say, I am happy. The Prophet ﷺ is inviting me to join him in Jannah where Allah has prepared for us everything that we need for our success and bliss and felicity and everything that we can't even dream of or think of or conceive of. I'm happy with this. You know, that's the word bashir. It's not simplistic. It's very penetrating, very piercing. That when somebody calls you towards Jannah, then you don't have a nanshava non- condescending attitude. What is Jannah? Oh, no big deal. It is the greatest deal that you will ever hear of anywhere. And that is mentioned in the Qur'an. Allah has bought and made a deal with the believers through their souls and through their wealth that in exchange for these two, I will give them as a contract Jannah that's the deal so it is a big deal Allah has made the deal for you and this is a very, very easy deal for you. It's a no-brainer. If you do what I want here, I'll give you what you want there. And it's a million times rewarded. And perpetually, all the time. That you do one good de- good deed here, you'll be rewarded eternally for that good deed. And you'll benefit from your reward in the hereafter. This is Bashir. The Prophet being a Bashir. He's giving glad tidings to those who believe and do good deeds. And then those who received the glad tidings, they rejoiced and they were happy. They were pleased with Allah. Allah was pleased with them. At the very least, they were content. They weren't angry. They weren't frustrated. They weren't depressed. And they weren't confused that why do we need to do this in Islam? A billion dollar question. Why? Why, why? why is it so difficult? Why is anything difficult in that? So the early Muslims of the Sahaba, when they heard this ayah and this news that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has sent the Prophet to give us good news. Then they rejoiced. Good news brings happiness and smiles to the faces of the people who receive the good news. If This good news does not bring happiness and smiles to the Muslims of today, then there's something wrong with them. There's nothing wrong with Islam. If somebody gives you, mashallah, a million dollars, it doesn't matter how rich you are. I accept. Somebody says, I'm going to give you this as a gift. You accept, no matter how small it is, because that's good news. This news that Allah has prepared for you, Jannah, and the Prophet صلى الله has been dispatched, uh, commissioned by Allah as the Divine Commission to be His representative to tell all human beings that if you do this, Allah will reward you immensely. So human beings, human beings should rejoice, and that is mentioned in the Quran. Say Muhammad sallallahu because of Allah's rahmah and fadl on you, you should be happy. You should rejoice. Allah's rahmah is Islam and Allah's fadl is Jannah. Allah is promising you as good news that he's going to give you this, then you should be happy. It's not a question that you acquiesce to Islam. No, you should be happy. Allah has given you good news through the Prophet this happiness must be exposed. It cannot be concealed or hidden. I'm not really happy about Islam. I'm not happy being a Muslim. I'm not really happy with the Prophet I'm not happy with God. I'm always fighting with God. Every day of my life, I wake up with problems and problems and challenges and this and that, so I'm not happy. So for you, the Prophet is not a Bashir, then what is he? He's a nadir. The next word. Bashirah wa nadira. He is a warner. Yeah? So he is, you can flip the coin. Two sides of the coin. The Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is a bashir. He's a bearer of good news for those who believe and want to believe. But he's a warner for those who don't believe and don't want to believe. And he does both very efficiently just as he is the perfect giver of glad tidings he is the perfect warner and he did not mince his words when he warned just as he spared no detail of Jannah he spared no detail of punishment he is commissioned by God, he is a Nabi <speaking in Hebrew> so now you have both sides to the point so, just as you read in Seerah that the Prophet ﷺ was exceptionally uh, affectionate, compassionate towards most people, you also read in the same Seerah that he was stern, authoritative on occasions when he needed to be stern, authoritative. So, you get both sides of the picture. Why? Because he is a Nabi. He informs people. If you do this, you're going to do this, and this is where you'll end up, and if you do this, you'll end up here. Just as in any profession today, where you go to an expert, whether it's your doctor, your lawyer, your, your mechanic, your kid's teacher at school, they'll give you good news, and other times they'll give you a warning. Right? If you have a case, you go to a lawyer, you're messed up. You're done for. You go to your doctor, the results come, the blood test, you're very sick. You go to your mechanic and the car is done, you need another car. Bashiran? Nadir. So the expert professional will not hide anything from you. Likewise, the expert professional Nabi. Never hid anything from the Ummah. If the Ummah says the Prophet and Islam should not say this about Jahannam. And about punishment. And about the consequences of not believing. Then he's not a Nabi. Any more than the mechanic is not a mechanic. Any more than your doctor is not a doctor. Any more than your lawyer is not your lawyer. Right? So Bashir is good. Nadi is your warner. So out of compassion the Prophet sallallahu warns us. If you don't do this, you're going to end up there. And if you do this, you'll end up there. Now, this is the role of the Nabi. Meaning the Nabi is not someone who's going to spare the Ummah. If the Ummah doesn't want to believe. He'll do both. So the Sahaba, because they wanted to believe they acted upon the good news and they longed for the good news and those amongst the people of Medina who were not believers and their were and hypocrites whenever the prophet gave glad tidings they mocked him they ridiculed him and whenever he gave them bad news or warnings they said what kind of Nabi is this what kind of prophet is this Now, unfortunately, this has become a representation of most people nowadays in this time and this era where Muslims only want to hear good news. And the reality on the ground is there's nothing but bad news. Nothing but bad news, unfortunately, right? You turn on the news, there's no good news. News means bad news. Everywhere. The only good news is perhaps uh, uh, in the sports section or in the weather section where there's going to be a nice day, nice week. Perhaps that too. Even there there's bad news all the time. So we cannot be selective and too fussy about the news that we hear. The weatherman has to tell you the bad news. Does he not? If a hurricane is coming, he better tell you the hurricane is coming. And if he doesn't, you'll blame him. Likewise, the Prophet being a weatherman, he's giving you bad news. Hurricane is coming, so take what uh, preemptive action, precautionary action, and make sure that you avoid the potential danger that's coming. If it comes, then you're safe. And if it doesn't come, then you still say that you have listened to the advice of someone who knows what's going to happen tomorrow. This is the way we see the Prophet wasallam that he came to give us good news and he also came to warn us. You must take both. If you leave one at the expense of the other, then you are not testifying to the nabuwa of the Prophet wasallam. You don't believe he's a nabi because you want him to do this and not that. This is the way we should appro- uh, appropriate the meaning and understanding of this ayah and any other ayah where there is bashara and where there is good news and where there is a warning. It is part of life. We cannot afford to become so picky and fussy about Islam and what's mentioned in the Quran and Hadith. About uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's wrath Right Because it's part of your yaqida Anyway We can go on and on about this issue But you understand what I'm saying Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent the Prophet To do this So the Sahaba understood this And they prepared themselves for Jannah And they prepared themselves not to go to uh, The other place And this is what the Muslims should do today That they should take what the Prophet Gave them With absolute truth and conviction that he is here to guide us. He is not here to hurt us. Islam is here to guide us. Islam is not here to hurt us. And this is the way Muslims should present themselves in front of their own family members first. Their spouses and their children must see how happy they are to be Muslim. Charity starts at home. If any member of your family sees that you are not happy with Islam, then that will open up a floodgate of questions and denials and rejections in the minds of your spouse, in the minds of your children, in the minds of people around you. That uh, pleasure must be displayed and spoken of absolutely unconditionally. Then you'll get people around you who believe, okay, well, this man is good, or this woman is good. Look at this man, and look at this woman. So confident, mashallah, alhamdulillah. So courageous, mashallah, alhamdulillah. So convinced that Islam is good. You show your skepticism, then you will create and breed people who will turn to atheists. Hands down. That's just cause and effect. Okay, Because company rubs off. And if you choose to be in the company of people who doubt Islam, that will rub off on you. And if you choose to be in the company of those people who hate Islam, it will rub off on you. And if you choose to be in the company of those people who support sin, it will rub off. That's just the nature of life in this world. So, for the Muslim, he must declare and testify that Allah is one, declare and testify that Muhammad is Allah's Rasul, Hands down. No matter what. So, if uh, somebody says, I don't believe Muhammad is the last Nabi, then you say that, I don't like you. You say that. Hands down. I don't like you. Why? Because you don't believe what I believe in. din, Din. I have my deen, you have your deen. You cannot befriend such people and be in the company in the midst of such people who don't believe that Muhammad is Allah's represent- representative on this earth to show me how I can get into Jannah that's my ultimate destination and that is how Muslims used to be convinced not with a chip on their shoulders but just so normal, so natural we're not saying give dawah we're saying be who you are and who are you? you love Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and you are his representative when you speak about Islam So was there a time in the seerah of the Prophet ﷺ where he ever doubted Islam or the Qur'an? No. Was there a time when he compromised? No. Show that you believe in what you believe in and that is your right as a human being. Bashirah wa nazirah. Anyway. وَدَايَنْ إِلَى اللَّهِ بِإِذْنِهِ And we have also sent you and commissioned you, O Muhammad O Nabi, to be an inviter. Someone who invites others to what? To Allah. إِلَى allah Come to Allah. He did not invite people to him. He invited people to his path. أُدْوَى إِلَى السَّبِيلِ رَبِّكَ The path of Allah and to Allah ta'ala. Him. The only reason he would invite people to him Was for them to declare that He is Allah's Nabi and his Rasul Not because He wanted name and fame And he wanted to become a popular leader Or a statesman or a politician Or what have you It was to call people towards Allah bi he, with Allah's permission Allah's leave So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala commissioned The Prophet sallallahu To call people towards him With his own permission and leave This is the humbleness That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Is showing the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam That your commission is through God Not through who you are In the public eye You represent Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala You are Rasulullah And you are the Nabi of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala So you call people towards Allah When you call people towards Allah you will see that Allah has both types of names and attributes. The Prophet ﷺ was a giver of glad tidings and he also warned people against their evil consequences of their actions and their lack of faith. Right. Likewise, Allah subhanahu wa Taala, when you listen to his names and attributes and you want to recognize who he is, Then you'll see Allah has names that show immense compassion, mercy, rahmah and fadl and grace. And he also has names that show that he is quite able, capable of punishing. And you accept both. You can't dissect God and say God only must have these names. God has both names. He may punish you if he wants to because he can That's his prerogative and you should accept this just as you accept the idea that he will forgive you. That's also true. So he does forgive and he may punish. And that is how you call people towards Allah. So in this world when you are calling someone towards God, you don't promise that person that once you believe in God, you will never have problems again. Because that's not how God works in this world. Meaning physical problems, financial problems, uh, uh, family problems, domestic problems, social problems, political problems, geographic problems. They all come under the rubric of understanding how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala creates in this world. And you have to accept that. That is your submission. And it is this part of Islam that most people have a problem with. Then how do I submit to God when God creates all of this? I'm not supposed to have a problem when I believe in God. That's because you have not followed the human being who is Rasulullah وسلم, Who believed in God the most? Who had faith in God the most? The prophets, the Anbiya. Is that true? And from them Who? The Prophet Muhammad did he have problems? That's what your seerah tells you. Unless you're reading another seerah, I don't know which seerah book of the Prophet shows you as a Muslim that the Prophet did not have a problem because he believed in God. In fact, after he received wahiyya and nabuwa, he had more problems, not less. Right? Allah. We have chosen you to be someone who invites to Allah Because you have understood how Allah works How the product that Islam is, how it works So when you invite people to Allah You don't say or promise them That you'll be exceptionally uh, problemless You'll be immune to all the allergies of life It doesn't happen. Didn't happen for him, didn't happen for the Sahaba. Did the Sahaba have problems? Sure, they did. After the Prophet left this world, did the Sahaba have problems? Sure, they did. Unless, again, you're reading the wrong book. Three of them were assassinated. You better believe that they had problems. There were many fights after the Sahaba, when the Muslim Ummah was on its heyday. They had problems. So that the issue of calling someone to God must not be confused with the idea that God is merciful. Two very different concepts. And we must believe this, otherwise we're in trouble as we are. So, we're not spared because we believe in God. In fact, it's the opposite. But we ask Allah for his comfort and his guidance that he does not test us, And he does not uh, do anything to us that we cannot handle. And that is all the du'as in the Quran and Sunnah. You see this as a very, very prominent theme. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants human beings to appreciate. That uh, he has promised them Jannah if they pass the test. Right? How will Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give you Jannah? by making sure you don't have any problem in this world when you take an examination your boards or your, your bar or any kind of uh, certification exam then what do you call the tests what are the questions in the test what are they called they're called problems right? solve this problem take this test it's called a test why are you taking a test no, the whole idea of education in this country is about what? examination, testing problem solving look at the word look at the linga, look at the vocab we use when we want to excel in life challenges challenge yourself no. what I'm saying use the same language for Islam Allah gives you a test Take care of it. If there's a problem, solve it. If there's an issue, resolve it. These are all challenges that you willingly submit to. In fact, you celebrate the idea that you're studying for your examination and your test, and God forbid there's a wedding in the family, and your beauty mashallah has to prepare for a test exam. Leave them alone, they're preparing for the test. see the lingo? It's the same thing. Same vocab. Same psyche. Just channel it this way also. Include Islam in that vocab. Include Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in that lingo. And bring yourselves down to reality. That when you're Muslim, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is going to test you. That's simple. I don't want God to test me. But you test yourselves. All the time. And you live with it. You live for it. And the more tests you have. The more. Mashallah, accolades you have. The more letters of the alphabet you have. After your name. You have your BA and your MA and your PhD. And God knows what afterwards. Because you've taken more tests in life. And you've passed more tests in life. So you must be given more honor in life. And Islam says the same thing. The more you pass your test, the more Allah will preserve you, honour you. Right? The Quran says about Ibrahim alayhi salam. When Allah tested your Lord tested Ibrahim alayhi with so many tests, he passed all of them. Allah then said. That I will make you an imam, I will honor you as an imam for everybody in the world. Why? Because he passed all the tests. So you pass your test when? At kindergarten, in your elementary, in your uh, middle school, in your high school, then you pass the test in your undergrad and then your graduate studies, then your postgraduate, and then if you do any postdoctoral. MashaAllah fellowship You pass even more tests Then you pass the test of Your social elitism You pass all the tests Willingly And happily And you take those tests Willingly and happily And Allah says I'm going to test you Why is God testing you? All of a sudden now the conversation changes your mood changes, your mode changes, your identity changes. You have a flip in your personality. You become a split personality. You become schizophrenic. Islam should not be about problems and challenges. God should not be about problems and challenges. Never mind that. If you're an atheist, life is about challenges and problems. Period. So what is it? Dayan illah. The Prophet ﷺ went through all these problems and challenges and he perfected the art of taking tests so that others would follow him as a role model, as an example so that if you are thrown into a test in life you follow his role model and you follow his methodology of solving the problem that is known as Islam. Dail in Allah, you call to Allah. When you call to Allah, the Prophet ﷺ will show you how to become content with life. How to handle problems in life. How to manage, maneuver, how to negotiate life. How to handle yourself at the time of anger, at the time of depression, at the time of guilt, at the time of failure, at the time of success. He will show you this is what Allah wants you to do here. So I'm calling you towards Allah Allah is your savior. Allah is going to take care of you. But only when you appreciate that he has the prerogative to test you when he wants to. But if you deny him this prerogative, then you'll be in a total state of denial and rejection and you'll create your own problems, your own frustrations, your own anger, your own depression. It is self-imposed. God doesn't do this to you. You do it to yourself. This is the meaning of that the Prophet came to call everybody to Allah. So he did not promise Abu Bakr that he will have no problems. He didn't promise anybody else in the Ummah that you won't have problems because you believe in God. But I'm calling you to God. Very realistic and very human. It's the human part that escapes all Muslims unfortunately today. That they assume that as soon as you say, La ilaha illallah Muhammad all oh, my problems are resolved. No, they are resolved if you believe in Allah and follow the Rasul. They're not resolved if you don't believe. And that is the meaning of the next word or phrase, wa That you will enlighten people. You have light in your house is very dim, or barely working, then if you have light outside of your house, and it is bright as the sun, then you will be providing enlightenment to others. Munir, Siraj, because also be used for the sun, any light of that is radiant. Munir is enlightening, that when you listen to the Prophet ﷺ, his seerah, his sunnah, his words, the way he behaved, the way he acted, and the way he interacted with people, and the way he interacted with God, you will know that, you will know that he has enlightened you. Right? He will never keep you in the dark if you know where to look and how to look, and if you know where to learn and how to learn. The Prophet, sallam, is light, period. And he enlightens others. This is his job, this is his role. Therefore, when he enlightens you then this is right, And this is wrong. Don't choose the darkness over the light. Don't choose ignorance over knowledge. Then you say, I submit. Whether I know why or I understand why, it is secondary and sometimes irrelevant. This is what he said. And this is what I'm going to believe in now. In my day and age, I'm not able to appropriate this. So you ask people, how do I now... Navigate this sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ In this time In this situation What do I do? Then you seek consultation from those Who know how to do this From the Prophet ﷺ And that is the purpose of the Sahaba The Sahaba told us and showed us That when you hear this from the Prophet ﷺ This is how you accommodate it in your life You appropriate it in this life This is called hikmah In the words of the ulama of the past that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent the Prophet to teach you the book, the Quran, and Hikmah, which is how to practice the instructions of the Prophet and the instructions of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in your life. Is Siraj Munira. Enlightening source of light. So it wasn't for himself only. He came to disseminate and distribute whatever Nur Allah gave him. So that he enlightens people. Now, if people Want to say that others have enlightened the world, right? then that's on them. We say the Prophet has all prophets before him, enlightened people. So our light and nur comes from one source, that source came from Allah in the form of the Prophet Muhammad. And this is the call of every Nabi and especially the Nabi, who is the last Nabi, that you follow this light and guidance, then your problems will be manageable. They won't disappear. You'll be able to manage them in such a way that you're content, and you're happy, and you have sukun in your life. Sukkun in your life doesn't mean you won't have problems. Sukkun means you know how to handle the problems in front of you. That makes you a better person if you run away from life and problems, then you're a coward. You're not a good person. You're a coward. So the Qur'an, Hadith and Sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ came to teach us how to handle life. How to manage life. That here, I'm part of the human race and I'm not exempt from being part of the human race simply because I believe in Muhammad ﷺ or in Allah subhanahu wa Taala in the Qur'an and Islam. I'm going to be thrown into that capsule of time and space. And here I am. Now I have problems. Allah help us all navigate and manage our problems. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala lighten the burden of our problems. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala remove our problems as much as possible. Inshallah. But at the same time, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us, give us the tawfiq to follow the nur that came with Muhammad sallallahu And appreciate what Allah is saying in these ayat. In honor of the Prophet ﷺ, that he is the Savior of mankind. Okay?